Welcome. I'm Richard Prosh, and this is another edition of Six Gun Justice Conversations. These are regular Wednesday postings where my co-host, Paul Bishop, or I get to hang out around the virtual Six Gun Justice podcast campfire and spend some time talking with friends who work in the Western genre. With me for this edition of the show is best-selling author B.N. Rundell. Born into a ranching rodeo family, Bob Rundell is the youngest of seven boys. After careers in business, insurance, and 30 years as a Baptist pastor, Bob retired to pursue his dream of writing. In his first year, he wrote two number one bestsellers, Star Dancer and To Keep a Promise, and continues to add to the Buckskin Chronicles series with all the books reaching the top 10 in bestsellers rank. His exciting stories are set in the mid-19th century as historical westerns and are true to history in every detail. He continues to add to the series and now also is branching out to standalone westerns based on real characters with exciting action and extraordinary plots and supporting characters. Howdy, Bob. Howdy, sir. Say, before you wrote your current body of Western fiction, I know that you were also reading audiobooks as sort of a side job. How did that path come about? Well, as a pastor, because of speaking voice and all that kind of stuff, and uh, having a strong will to read a lot, it just seemed like a natural step. Some had commented about it, so I thought I'd give it a try. And uh, I recorded about 50 books. Wow. But once I started writing, I uh, have put that on the back burner and uh, spend my time writing. How long would it take you to read a book out loud and record it? For every hour of listening on a book, there's a minimum of five to six hours of recording and editing. So a typical book that is five hours, then you're looking at 30 hours of in the studio work at least to get that put out. Did you do that with a studio? Did you go into the studio to do that? No, I, I built my own studio uh, of sorts and I recorded it all there. So I did all of my recording and editing and uh, then uploaded them. And sometimes they were uh, proofread or something of that nature, but more often than not, they were just put right on the market. Fantastic. So that was kind of a natural progression from, from being a pastor. I can see that. From your bio, to step back again, it seems that you were immersed in sort of a Western lifestyle as a youngster. You might say I was almost born horseback. <laughs> I have a picture of my family in a parade, and I was the tail end of the uh, family group on a little Shetland, standing up trying to be a trick rider, and I was all of four years old at the time, and it just continued thereafter. I uh, I have a brother that was an auctioneer and rodeo announcer, and, and most of my brothers were in one way or another uh, involved in rodeo or ranching and uh, did quite a bit of it. So horses, cattle? Yes, sir. Did you, did you work cattle and, and all of that too? My dad uh, ended up owning the livestock auction market, sale barn. And uh, so we were around it one way or another all the time. Sure. Did you ever imagine that you'd, that you'd write some of those stories or that you'd write Western stories? Was that kind of always in the back of your head, even as a kid? The idea of writing? No, uh, not at all. It uh, it was never really uh, much of a thought until I was considering retiring from the ministry and having read so many books. And then especially after I started recording, because some of the books out there that I was recording uh, were less than stellar, you might say. And uh, so my wife said, hey, you tried to start a book once. Why don't you finish that? And so I did. And because I had recorded some books for Wolfpack, 
uh, Robert Vaughn's books. Mike Bray, I knew, so I sent him my first manuscript. And within short order, he sent me an answer back, says, hey, you can write, but we won't do it unless you can do a series. And I said, I'll write series for the rest of my life if you will print them. So that's kind of where it began. I know that you have said that working for 30 years as a pastor helped develop those writing skills a little bit. Can you share with our listeners what you meant by that? Well, in essence, for every week, having to preach four and five times per week, every message has to be written. It's got to have a, an opening. It's got to have a closing. It's got to have a point to be made, a story to be told, so to speak. It's got to be illustrated and delivered in such a fashion that people can not only hear it, they can apply it and they can absorb it as well as picture it. So it's almost like writing a novella each week. I can see that. There's there's a beginning, a middle, an end, a theme, oh, yeah. characters yes, that we all know. Um, and quite quite often a series too. Yes, that's right. That makes that makes perfect sense. Now the Buckskin Chronicles and the Stonecroft saga share that sense of family that you've talked about. They cover generations of characters, actually. Was that something that you set out to do in the beginning? Did you think, oh, I'm gonna tell a story of of a family through the generations, or is it something that just sort of developed as you wrote? Well, there's actually three series. The Buckskin Chronicles was the first series, and it basically started with one book and one thought and one idea. The book title was To Keep a Promise, and it was To Keep a Promise of the characters, and I let the characters develop the story. And when it became a series, then it was only natural to follow the progression of that character and naturally his offspring. And so it ended up being a series of about three generations. And uh, the second series, which you hadn't mentioned, was the Rocky Mountain Saint series. That basically followed a similar line. It um, was the primary character, and then he got married and had kids, and so it, it covered two generations. And my current series, Stonecroft Saga, has basically been just one generation. It has dealt with the two main characters that are lifelong friends, and they do take wives, and they do have children, but uh, it has not progressed to another generation. So each one has been a little bit unique, but yet there's been a lot of similarities in them, and they're set in the Rocky Mountains, primarily. So there's, there are similarities to them, but they're at different time periods. My current book, Stonecroft Saga series, is uh, set right around 1795 to 1805. Tate Saint was right at the beginning of the Civil War, and uh, the Buckskin Chronicles was in the about 1830s, 1840s. So they were in a little bit different time frame, each one. So you cover a lot of history. You know, there's a lot of history in, in just those years. There's so much that happened here in America. And I'm curious, which comes first when you sit down to start a new book? Do you start with the story and the characters? Or do you think about the history and say, oh, you know, this is something that happened in uh, 1803. And I want to make sure and write about that. So I'll set the story around that, which happens first. I usually pick the era, the time, because of generalities. For example, this last series, I wanted it to be prior to Lewis and Clark. And Lewis and Clark did their expedition in 1804. And so this series started in 1795. But yet I, I didn't want it to be in the Revolutionary War. But there were some aspects of that were introduced in it because it was after the Revolutionary War. The primary character's father 
had been in it. So I usually start with about the time period because of the type of things that are happening during that period of time that begin to build the story. Do you then do you sit down and outline or do you just start writing and write into the dark? I have a general idea about the character and where he starts, but then the characters lead me through the story and I do not outline it. I uh, sometimes know where a particular chapter is going, but not always. Mm-hmm. And I follow Louis L'Amour's advice that says, just write, no matter what. The water doesn't flow until the faucet is turned on. And so <laughs> I try to turn on the faucet that flow. Right, right. Always write the next sentence. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and then there's time to stop and do a little research, you know, to make sure you're getting your points right. But sure. It flows. What is a normal writing day like for you? Do you have a set hours that you try to write or does it just kind of happen whenever you can fit it in? Whenever I'm ready to write, I sit down and write. Uh, And by that, I mean, I've given it thought and the story is running around in my mind, uh, sometimes in the middle of the night, sometimes early morning. But usually by the time I sit down at the laptop, it's, oh, no no later than mid-morning before I start. And uh, I usually spend several hours there. I try to get a minimum of 1,500 to 2,000 words in a day and uh, usually get a little bit more than that. What does your family think about this career? You know, I mean, you, you're kind of a, a normal life for like all of us have different jobs and you've had a careers in a few different things. And and now you're a, a Western writer, which is uh, pretty unique. Does, does your family support that? My wife has always been extremely supportive of everything that I have attempted and has been uh, much of the motivation behind me. She is my first line editor. I write a chapter and then I read it aloud to her and we go over it and then I go on to the next chapter. She has always been very supportive. My children are proud of me. I have four married daughters and 11 grandchildren. And uh, of my four daughters, one has read a couple of books, but uh, the others have not. One daughter said, there's no vampires, there's no zombies. Uh, Why would I want to read it? (laughs) They're of a totally different generation, and uh, they're all married and have children. So, you know, they are proud of their papa, but to say they are readers, they are not. Well, Bob, I'd like to wrap up our conversation, and to do so, I'll point folks to your presence online. I know that you are on Facebook do you have a website? No, I did. I found it to be more trouble than it was worth. <laughs> so I eliminated it. Uh, it's basically on Amazon and, and Facebook. And uh, uh, that's about it because the writing keeps me busy. You know, for example, in, I've written in the last 13 months, I've written 13 books and uh, published them all. And they've all done very well in this series. And uh, so that keeps me pretty busy as opposed to having time to maintain a uh, website. So it's just Amazon and Facebook. And I'll say that we both share Wolfpack Publishing as our publisher, and they do a great job of promoting our works as well. They are excellent. Mike is fantastic, and Rachel and Lauren always do a fantastic job as well. We couldn't ask for anything better. Thanks for being part of the Six Gun Justice podcast today. And thanks to you for listening. Paul and I appreciate your support of our Six Gun Justice podcast and hope you continue to enjoy each and every episode. As always, a hearty thank you to our sponsors. Wolfpack Publishing, author Chris Enns, and the Western Writers of America for making this podcast possible. Be sure to check out our website, www.sixgunjustice.com, 
for links to previous podcast episodes, speed listens, and prior conversations, along with reviews, interviews, and articles from the Western genre. Till next time, keep the sun at your back and a good horse at hand. Let's ride.